0: Welcome back to the Earn Your Edge podcast. I'm Corey Lumberg with... Cameron McCormick
1: and... Oh, Harry Higgs. You yeah, you Introduce yourself, hey. Harry. Thanks, guys.
0: And <laughs> you... I think we just figured out that you're the first repeat guest that we've ever had on the podcast. Well,
2: you know. And we owe him something, don't we?
0: Well, yeah, no. We said no. We said last well, I
1: year. Did I did get lady a towel. Tees. I did get a towel. Oh, perfect. I might need another one. Did you sport it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike, my caddy, though, he only does it like two days in a row. He doesn't. He does not like dirty towels.
0: Oh,
2: well, I love we'll get we we'll yeah. get a second. So, yeah. We'll yeah. Him.
1: He's he's the picky one. He he can wash it, can't he? Well, mm, I wash them. Okay. I usually bring them home, wash them, bring them back. Okay. And then, but if you've washed a towel and then reuse it, it only gets about a day because he he doesn't the way he always uses one wet side and he doesn't think that it cleans the ball. Like if you're cleaning it with wet and dirt, the dirt's going to get on the ball. And I can agree that sometimes he gives you the golf ball back and I'm, I'm searching it. And I'm like, wow, there's, there's still grass
2: or mud on this. I and the it. number of times that Michael yeah. Greller pulls a golf ball out of his pocket and it doesn't have dirt on it, it has chocolate on it, it's laughable. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, there are so many stories that around straight, the PGA yeah. tour about chocolate on yeah. golf balls from Michael Greller. So, okay. Well, that's
1: even better. If you're going to do that, you might as well do it. Without I mean, doubt. Yeah. Is, is Mike a veteran? Mike is a veteran. Mike is 73. He's caddied for 45 years. He worked with Tom Kite for 21 years.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he has 19
1: wins. With, we went through it and I'm probably bought but bot, it, 19 wins with Kite yep. on the PGA Tour, one with me on the Corn Ferry Tour, and I think he has three more in Europe. So I think he's got 23 or 24 amongst like five or six different guys. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the a lot of the caddies and a lot of the players that know Mike and know his his story said, so "We got to get out. I got to get out there and win so Mike can become lifetime exempt because 20 is oh wow. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've thought about it. I've never. You've even like forecasted up to like my ceremony deal and i would assume that i'll remember to thank mike but i might you know you can get a little uh, no i don't i'm pretty (laughs) i'm pretty sure that glad you know though. i'm pretty sure that i will remember to say something and then i feel like i almost need to shout out i don't i would take it up to the top and say mr pga tour commissioner mike is now lifetime exempt i don't he deserves (laughs) something i don't know what i don't know what it is but yeah he's 120 He, he he's in.
2: have you asked him what his most memorable victory is no one would hope he'd say yours yeah, I doubt it. Be good <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it's mine. <laughs> was he in the bag with Kite at the U.S. Open? Yes. Oh they my won goodness, at Pebble together. Yeah. Man. So uh, Tom walked with us this year in the practice round. Oh, did he? We really really practice right? Rounds yeah. at Pebble. Yeah. Yeah, and had a great conversation. Just happened to be walking on seventeen. And oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Closing out that round. The chip yeah. in on uh, seven. You uh, know, seventeen was Tom Watson. Oh, that's yeah, right. yeah, Wrong yeah.
1: Seven yeah. was, and I think Mike said they hit yeah, five seven. iron there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It went long, so it wasn't... Yeah, but it's it was like, a oh, six it's iron. 104 yeah. yards. I know, but it was a six iron because it was long. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. But he chipped it in, so it didn't matter. Yeah. And you could, we saw that a lot this year, but they never showed Mike. They showed the shot, and you could hear it. I think Mike says, hit it or go in, and it does. Yeah. But they never panned to Mike. It was a bummer. I really thought I was going to see Mike at some point <laughs> during the USO.
0: <laughs> You've been a professional for how long?
1: This is my fifth full year. Fifth full year. ending on Yeah, the end of this year will be f- five full years.
0: And in the last two years have had quite a bit of success. And so won the Latin America Order of Merit last year. And then now have gotten through your achieved your goal of, of getting PJ Tour status on the web. So those first three years. Can you walk us through a little bit of where those lean years were you able to see that this great success was coming and was just around the corner or were there periods of that time in those first three years where it was a little bit more lean than that? Yeah. I mean,
1: if you're not winning money lists or winning golf tournaments, it's always lean as a pro golfer. Speaking Uh, of mini tours, developmental tours, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, most of them, if you don't finish. Probably the top ten, if not some even top five, you're not making money that week, like so a lot of it's just investing in yourself and just I mean, I played plenty of tournaments where I kinda knew I wasn't gonna I knew it probably wasn't good enough to win yet like i or I didn't feel like i w- I knew I was good enough to win, but I didn't feel like the game I was bringing was gonna let me win, so then you kinda just try to do your best and try to cash a decent check like that was always secondary, the money side of it, but always seeing like all right, as a pro, the toughest days are usually what, Sunday when you don't have a chance to win and Friday when you don't have a chance to make the cut. But in that, there's something you can get better at. And I was never worried about missing cuts in developmental golf, and I'm sure I missed plenty. But I did. It was almost a way for me to prepare when things were good, get out of the way and let them be good. But when they're not, I had a pretty good record this year and even last of going from 45th on Thursday or Friday to 15th to 8th to whatever it is come Sunday. And then in that, you realize, wow, man, if I was a little cleaner in 33rd instead of 45th, now I'm going to have a good weekend, so I could have easily won.
0: So those lessons of those first three years that didn't, you didn't experience quite as much success, what's different now in the last two years or what are the things? Because I know that that's a question that you get a lot yeah. of, man, you've been playing good these last couple of years. What's the big differences that other people can maybe... Because there's plenty of people that are yeah. playing developmental golf that would sure. like for their trajectory to be like to, yours <laughs> to be like yours,
1: <laughs> I'm sure you could probably speak to that more than I could actually make a whole lot of sense of it, but just a better understanding of me and kind of you know when things aren't great, how how can you finish fifth instead of fifteenth? like just find just finding ways to do it, finding ways to solve. Poor, poor thoughts, poor feelings, poor. I mean, I have plenty of days. I've been really antsy on Fridays the last like five, six weeks I've played.
2: Is there one or one or two things, either specifically or specific instances, that serve as examples of what you're describing right there? And bit knowing you better. Well, this is that's where I might yeah. jump in because at the right before the Latin America
0: season two years ago, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was so January and, and of last like, year. Yeah,
0: so we sat down and and you came in after a few events and you said, I just can't believe I did this. If I never do this again, and we we can talk about what examples of this would be just mistakes that you had made in competitive golf. They said, I I just can't do this. If I never do this, then I'm going to be really hard to, hard to beat. And so a task that I gave you was, well, you always say that this isn't like you let's define what is like you like, and we called it joking around. We called it hairy mode. And then we came up with 10 different commandments that, okay, so here's the deal. If, if this is what you is and we've identified this and now we have something really clear that we can go back to. And when you do make mistakes, we can say, Hey, this is a direct violation of commandment number eight, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, so can you, whichever ones you feel most comfortable sharing, like the, the list that you compiled that said, I basically, it was, it was made to say, I play my best golf when these things are true, essentially, right?
2: But let's paint a picture. You're holding up an index card here that's how old? <laughs> January of 18. And you carry this around with you? It's in my yardage
1: book, yeah. And it's on the page when you flip it up that you see this every time. And I guess pretty sure this was in, on the backside, it was It was from Chile. And I wrote all this down before. In Spanish or English? <laughs> <laughs> if I was really good at being Spanish. I wrote all this down before Sunday. I was tied for the lead, and I did none of it. And, and I, the next week, I won in Peru, and I kept looking at, I kept, I remember, looked at it remember. a
2: lot more. <laughs> you have an external, externalized behavioral yeah. blueprint. Yes. Yeah, beautiful.
1: The no shot without we have imagery and then written with a little carrot to successful imagery was a big one, I felt. I would just get over shots, and I would kind of almost know that something unsuccessful was going to happen. Like I didn't, I didn't visualize something successful. I visualized like, like you stand over, a, it's a between you're between five and six and you walk in with five and you just know that, okay, maybe long is not a great spot. So I'm just, but I, I hit five cause it could be perfect, but it's, it could go long. You hit a decent enough shot. It might go long. And then in that with those thoughts, I would, I would also give up strike and direction like Anything is possible when you have a thought like that. Instead of like, okay, six, I'm a lot more comfortable with six. It's not going long. I can be a lot more aggressive with it. Maybe not on the line that I'm trying to hit it in terms of regression, but like, all right, I'm still pushing this into the middle of the green with an aggressive swing. And then it's just like, I was just able to be more clear with myself.
2: Is that commandment number
1: one? No. top of the list? It's on... These aren't really in order. It's the sixth one down, but it's also clearly... That's kind of the yardage book cuts off yeah. seven and eight sometimes. Yeah. So six is almost, yeah, I don't, I don't know why my mind doesn't, my eyes don't go to the top, mm-hmm. but six is always visible and always one. If I get in, if I feel like I'm not doing a grade, that I'll always write like mm-hmm. successful imagery. Just sometimes I'll flip through every page of my yardage book and write it on to the top. So when I see it, like when Mike says one, 120, 140, I write that down up top, but right under, right above it is successful imagery, successful imagery, and just wear that out, wear that out, wear that out.
2: And maybe we will, or maybe we won't get to go through all of the commandments. We certainly don't want to give away all of your competitive advantage, but if you had to reorder them in, in sequence or in, in, um, in order of importance, would the one you're mentioning right now be for you most important?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Can we go off because it is really important. I
0: want to go off on a tangent a little bit and part of it selfishly because I want to have this conversation with Cameron in the room because I think he might, he might have some insight into it that will help us do it more often. Is like there are times when Harry will be over a shot in session and I can see him be like, yep, okay. I felt it in 99.9% of the time. It's a really good shot. And preceding that he goes through these like rehearsals, these feels mm-hmm. like where you can see just like the proprioceptors are like just working. And then mm-hmm. he gets a feel and it's like, okay, I felt it
2: really kinesthetic,
0: really, really kinesthetic. So I, I guess that's where, that's the point that I want to bring up that I, that I think is something that's really unique that Harry does. Mm-hmm. It, it creates a little bit of an obstacle from a coaching standpoint is because the words that I say are not, always near as effective as when I just want him to try out different motions to where finally it sticks. And it's like, okay, cool. I felt
1: it. Yeah. I even the last lesson before. And then today it was more me doing it in the rehearsal. And I felt exactly, I felt basically like in a, in a way you can almost feel what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then, but the last lesson you did, you just did one of the rehearsals and I'm always trying to get my upper body more forward and not have my lower body slide out ahead of it and he did it like just he's just kind of he's always moving and walking around and he did it he guided you no no no. he just he just showed me and i was like all right move get out of the way (laughs) yeah it was better you showed me and was you know dancing around almost Mm -hmm. than you saying it and that led me down you know three or four good ones in a row and then Mm -hmm. can build and build and build Yeah. yeah that that almost would be included with the no successful imagery i was always Like I was, I I can, I play really good golf when I have almost a hundred percent certainty in what will happen. I am able to rehearse it. And I know that some of the stuff I rehearse sometimes is a little bit out there and it's a little exaggerated. I mean, that's kind of been the challenge. Like I want to, whatever I rehearse, I want to do, I want to do it exactly as what I'm. So a lot of times like, and it's not exclusive. One or the other comes first, either the imagery or the rehearsal, but the rehearsal is almost just another way to ensure like, all right, that's going to be a good strike or, or, you know, if, if I'm trying to play a cut and it has to start left, which most do, but you know, sometimes you can, you know, aim a little further left and push it and then cut it. And I'll just kind of rehearse that. And those are almost the ways I am solving for things like just that brief moment right before I hit it, whatever the image that I saw, I, okay, I see it. All right. That fits. Or. Or that little bit of cut with trouble right, now it's got to start left. And I rehearse that a bit and then you do it and it starts left and it cuts. And, you know, sometimes, it, you know, with a 7 hour, maybe it's 25 feet left of it. But most people don't hit that shot and solve for the, hey, it's got to start left and it's got to cut back to it. When I'm able to do that, when I'm able to match the image with the rehearsal that just reaffirms
2: the image, there's no better feeling in the world. Yeah. like. I don't think you're an exception to the rule. In fact, I would say that most think of visualization and imagery as existing only in the visual domain. What we can either close our eyes or leave our eyes eyes open and experience either first person seeing maybe the club move or seeing the club strike the ball as we would if we were playing golf or even third person as if you were the caddy watching yourself swing and watching the ball in flight. But I think far more often the more effective visualizers or those that are effective at visualizing, do it on a very physical slash kinesthetic level. And then that feeds into the brain and triggers what's called mirror neurons that then produce that that movement that, that creates an image of previous success. So I don't think you're an exception. I think you've, with experience, uh, found an effective way to blend the two and unlock the potential to make that a, a strength or a superpower. As we talk about it,
1: that was probably one of the main things in the first three years versus the last two was that these things would, these things would pop up and it would almost pop up on some of the hardest shots I'd have to play or the most important things I'd have to play because I would quite frankly, just think less about exactly the way I want the motion to be. And I would let the picture dictate the motion. Mm -hmm. And then I had a better understanding of the motion through more and more rehearsals and time and practice. But like, I mean, one of the things I go to a little solution, if I'm just like not starting the ball online or I miss a few shots is I, I will, I will always be in motion, but I will just constantly be dancing around before I hit it, but constantly looking out towards the target. Like, like searching for vision. You- yeah. Yeah. And just, but just looking, okay, I want it to end up on that tree. And sometimes I find myself, I get too still. And I, I just, I'm standing right here. And when you stand and look at the ball. Like you can, when you do it well, you can almost just see the tree that's, you know, sometimes it's way out. It's 400 yards out there. You're not going to hit it next to it, but you want it coming down on that. Sometimes I stand there and it's like, ah, oh, I, I can see everything I just looked up at instead of the tree, hit the tree. And I think that's probably the biggest difference. It was, I knew it was in there because like, on some of these harder shots or like, even sometimes it wasn't good golf. Sometimes it was on Friday or the second day when it's around the cut that this stuff was happening. I was like, man, this is. It was kind of easy in a way, or if I had, I didn't have many chances to win, but if I had a few chances to win, I always some, you know, sometimes the pressure and the nerves get to you and, and I didn't know what, I didn't really, I didn't win until last year, but it was always kind of building. It was like, man, I'm really playing good golf when I'm around the lead. And it's just because everything is heightened in those moments that I just kind of went back to, I guess, kind of the way I was. I didn't know that that was the way I was until we started really talking and unpacking all this stuff but Mm -hmm. all right dude you need to see it if you don't see it well then you damn well better feel it if you don't do either one of them you're going to hit a terrible shot let's try to get it where we do both of them more often and then a lot of it's been you know really good this year and in the moments i played well it was they were so good like there was nothing else that was going to happen other than exactly how the shot was supposed to be played or how i felt the shot was supposed to be played there was nothing else I wasn't going to hit it too low. I wasn't going to hit it too high. It wasn't going to overcut. It wasn't going to overdraw. It was, I knew exactly, I could picture it ending where it ended. And then sometimes you get irritated. Like, I lip out a wedge shot. I'm like, I for sure thought that was going to go
2: in. I think that was in the no call that having it on a string.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But Frozen ropes. Yeah. But it's less, for me, it happens more or less when I'm not so mechanical, technical, and it's, I'd get, you're, it's basically kind of almost out of body.
2: hmm
0: One of the more common questions that we get from Altus clients and listeners is, how do I spin it like a tour player? Well, the first step is to treat your equipment like a tour player, and that means that you've got the right golf ball and you've got fresh grooves. Visit Vokey.com to see the spin research that Bob Vokey and his team have conducted to better understand how grooves wear over time. After 75 to 100 rounds of golf, you owe it to yourself to test your grooves to make sure that they're still getting maximum spin from your wedges. Find a fitter at Vokey.com for a spin test soon. Do you think that other players when they see you on the range and they see that typically you've got a couple of training aides, do you think that there's a perception of you being technical and that it would surprise others to then hear this conversation of actually it's not technical it's, at
1: all it's it's a good question part of it's hard to answer because I yeah. I don't I don't really think that people think of me in that regard and I don't want to think that they think of me I don't I don't want anybody knowing what I do or anything like and I'm, that's I'm, the end I'm, of the podcast but i'm happy to say it because <laughs> like
0: I, instagram post that says I exactly like, what we're doing
1: i feel like i'm the best at this like i'd be happy to list all eight yeah, give, give like, me another,
0: hit us with another one real quick you wouldn't have to go through them
1: all uh i'm going to combine what i call go mode so harry mode with situational awareness so if in that you know you're going to hit you're going to make how many full swings or putts or whatever when I feel like I'm going to stuff the eight iron, I just stuff the eight iron. If I feel like I'm not going to hit a good shot with the eight iron, maybe reassess and maybe it's a firm nine away from it. So you can still, you're always working to kind of like spiral upward. You can, so you're not breaking down, you're not challenging yourself when you shouldn't be challenged and piece together rounds in that regard.
0: And this, that's an important piece that we we've talked about a lot with others on the podcast is that the reason why your success in the last couple of years, or one of the big reasons why you're, you've had your success in the last couple of years is because, and it's been consistent. So it's been really pretty steady for the most part. And a big reason is that some weeks you would come back and you would say, you have good weeks. And you'd say, yeah, I just, I mean, I slapped it around. Like I faked it. Like I really didn't have it. And, and so, but your ability to bring your B plus, your C plus game and still yield a positive result out of that, I think is something that other people really, really need to learn a lot from because you weren't waiting for it to be perfect. You were careful in your pursuit of it being perfect. And at least you would have a time where you would cut bait and you would say, okay, this is what it is. And so, or this is what I feel over this, this particular shot. And so uh, this is what I got to do, right? I don't think a lot of people do that. Right, Cam?
2: Cut bait? Yeah. At, at the professional level, they certainly do. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I think they've played enough golf to realize that they can beat their head against a brick wall and cause it to bleed, or they can just paddle <laughs> downstream. Yeah. I did
1: it in Boise the last time I played. All, the whole day Friday, I, I kept hitting them and like, I can't believe I can't control this. And I just, the back night, I think I short-sided myself four times, and every time I was like, all right, I'm going to... That hey, wasn't wow. a strategic error. It was an execution error. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. It was... I just, I didn't really have much. I, I didn't really know. I wasn't certain. I wasn't certain with the rehearsals. I, I was seeing what I wanted, you know, what you should see. But I couldn't get the rehearsal to match the the C. So then I stand there and it's like, uh, all right, we're going to try to be safe. And then it goes the other way. What's going to come at the shotgun? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then, but I hit one short sided bunker shot that was just filthy, like bounced through the rough off a downslope to five feet and made the putt. And then I short sided myself three more times after that. And hit them all to like 6 to 10 feet like you should and made them all and then I stood on 16T and it's like a driver 7 8 iron par 5 and I was 3 under which wound up being the cut but I figured I thought it would be 4 and I was like alright dude you cannot hit this tee shot without at least a fraction more certainty that it's going to go in the fairway because if you hit in the fairway you're just you can't mess it up you're going to make birdie so I was just kind of like... I, and I still wasn't really sure. And I was kind of dancing over it, dancing over it, dancing over it. And I kind of felt like... I kind of felt for a second like I was just going to kind of make a slide and slap. And it was going to start too far right. And hit those trees off the tee? Well, no. that was... Was this 9 or 18? No, this was 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I gotcha. But, yeah, yeah. but I'm standing there like, ah, oh, now if I if I miss hit it and it goes right, it's going to get in that bunker. And then you got to like lay it up. And so I kind of just... Turned almost. I challenged myself, and I started. I kind of shifted my aim further right, and then I kind of like stood away from it for a second, and I was like, "Hmm." Now I feel like I'm gonna draw it, and I just swung, and just started it right out of the bunker, and it drew right into the middle of the fairway. <laughs> and then the next, the next one was on a down slope. I didn't, I didn't catch it great, but it was in the fairway, so who cares? And it was a perfect seven iron to just like. A nice flighted seven to lands like front third, maybe a touch of draw to the left flag, and it gets gets runs up there to like 15 feet right of it. And it was a fast putt, so it's a tough one to hold. And I'm kind of not walking in over it, but kind of standing there like assessing the lie. i was like, oh man, seven feels like I'm gonna try to go too hard, do too much. I'm gonna like scoop, scoop, draw it into the short left bunker, and then you have no chance. So I go back and take six, and I'm like, well down slope. probably going to really slide ahead of this one. It uh, feels like I'm going to heal it. And it was like, okay, so those are the two that I'm, those are the two that I'm that I have to decide between. Yeah. I haven't really had a successful thought here. So those are the two that I've got to go between. And Laugh bonkers, trash. And at least this six iron, if I don't flush it and pull it, if I flush it and pull it, it's in the port and I'm making five or six and missing the cut. But I haven't really flushed and pulled any of the shots I've hit. So I'm probably going to wipe, slap this and that front right side of the green kicks everything back to the left. So I go with six, and I wipe slap it, and it lands short and left and gets up hole high like 30 feet right, and I lag it down there and go to the next, and thankfully it was a wedge. You could just hit it like 15 feet behind it and thought I'd hold the putt and missed it, and then
2: uh, 18. 18, tight off the tee, overhanging trees on well, the I, just, right, I, just, I left. didn't
1: think it, it's not that tight with driver up there. I just took driver because I was hitting it so short and spinny. <laughs> I just spun it, but it actually did. It wound up on there's, there's like that ditch mm-hmm. and it wound up on the downslope of the ditch. So the severe, elevation changes. yeah, severe downslope. And now it's like, you remember we were, I think this was, no, this was probably after you had told me, I was like, Cam, I'm trying to get back to the ball as you're walking by. He's like, the range had a downslope too. <laughs> and I was do like, well, if I don't do this right, I'm hitting it in the clubhouse. Yeah. So here's the one. I have to do it right. Uh, so then that way I can, I make the cut and I can ha- at least give my chance to have a good weekend. And it was with a wedge and everything with wedges was so heightened. I was so slappy and nasty. So I had to hit a good one. And I did. And I almost told the putt, I, like caught it a little thin and went to the back fringe and almost hold the putt. And I was so happy to just be done. Just get out of there, be done. And then I had a great weekend.
2: All right. So commitment number two is clearly go with what you got, which I think is uh, insightful. And at some point uh, we all need to learn to do that. Commitment number three, what do you got for us? Yeah. Okay.
1: I'll leave out the profane language, but I, I felt a lot of times, especially in college, like if we were playing matches against coaches or other guys, you know, other guys on the team, I was always like, I almost loved being two, three down. It was like, oh, they're going to mess up once or twice, and then I'm going to beat them, and it's just going to be awesome. It's just going to ruin their ruin their hopes and dreams. And a lot of times it was against Enlow, and he would always get off to fast starts, and it was always like, in life, I was three in down through five. Your, your, the college catch. Yeah. yeah, three down through five, and it's I had almost always beat him. So we had the three down on the first tee with a yeah bleep you and refusal to lose. And I did that a few times this year on just like saying that I'm – it's not that hard to make cuts on this tour. Like,
2: and I, you can, I you miss, would remind yourself that on the first tee on Thursday, yeah. on Friday, well, I, on and Saturday it and was Sunday. just,
1: yeah. Like it's not probably not as often as I should have, but a few times this year I was playing with guys that are, I would say listed, like they're just, they're just circled as people that I love. Even if I'm 50th, I want them to be 51st. Mm. So sometimes it was pretty easy for me. Like, And then I have another, it's not a commandment, but another little rule that I like. I like winning the group that I play in. If there's, if it's a threesome, I want to beat the other two guys. If it's my 74 and they're 75s. Yeah. I didn't beat many people, but I beat the two
0: guys next to me. It flies in the face of maybe conventional, like sports psychology.
1: Yes.
0: And that, and that usually, you know, you say, don't pay attention to anybody else in your group. You worry about yourself. You're the master of yourself, like very mastery mindset Mm and stuff. But I almost... Like yeah, I almost no wanted sense. him to play in a group with someone that I knew was gonna get on his nerves <laughs> a little bit. And yeah. like the conflict the way that he reacts to conflict to me is it's really You need to take
2: advantage of it, it needs exactly. to be, it yeah, it I needs to be it's
1: Super heightened and it's just like and sometimes it goes really well and then it's like sometimes you if you're playing with a buddy and you're and I did this definitely happened. You're like, and it meant m- not as much in tournament golf, but just regular golf. You're like, you're maybe you're gambling a little bit near, you know, a hundred dollars up through four holes. You're kind of like, oh, I mean, I'm going to win, but maybe if I win $20 from him, you know, it's, <laughs> you that doesn't ruin report. his month or whatever. But like back then. I mean, I remember playing gambling games with not enough money to cover anything. I was down. And then like, again, I saw myself playing really well when I was like, Damn, I'm down 200 dollars and I have 40 in my wallet. <laughs> Next thing you know, I went 200 dollars yeah. But yeah, and then it's in in the competitive, the pro side of it, the it's like, well, this I really do not like losing to this guy. And sometimes it was people that got off to good starts throughout the year. And it's like, well
0: Yeah, their only sin was that they played well.
1: Yeah. And it's like there's they're all good. I mean, I didn't meet a single guy I disliked, but they're just you're listed in a way like Oh, by the end of the year, I want to be ahead of him. By the end of the year, I want to be ahead
2: of him. <laughs> yeah. One like, of the questions I was going to ask is, what is it about those individuals that when you get paired with them, you're like, oh, yeah, I really like to beat that guy. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. One of those I traits. don't know. I mean, what mean, are the traits that get you The traits. Any,
2: any guy that was an All-American
1: yeah. in college, hmm, you mm. are, look at if
2: you're an All-American in college. He's coming for you. High on
1: my list. <laughs> what about
2: baggy pants? Yeah. Pants like Adam Scott. Like when you get paired with Adam this year.
1: I don't know. I mean, I kind of respect that's such how a nice ridiculous guy. that is. Yeah, and then they like that's the thing. They're all nice guys. Like everybody, this is it's no not a comment on like anybody's. But there are a few times where you get guys that like walk around and think that their their stuff doesn't stink. Yeah, and sometimes I probably do the same thing. Like no, we're not exempt from that. But you could bounce around. I, I've seen ca- it. If I catch on to that, like I just want to beat your brains in, dude. Like <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a theme
0: that we've. Talked Anybody that I time. play with
1: the first the Thursday and Friday, if they're ahead of me, mm-hmm. I want to, I got to catch them on the weekend. Of course. I do not like somebody that's in like fifth and I'm in 40th. Like, <laughs> watch me. If you don't win, I'm going to catch you. Watch me. You just, and it's just like a me. It's just a me thing. I played the, the two times I won in Peru. And then this year again in Peru, I was playing with a good buddy of mine who I stayed with Will Collins. I st- we stayed together. We've stayed together probably 30 times in Latin America. And a few times in there, it wasn't always for the win, but a few times I'd like birdie the last hole for me to finish 12th and him to like one shot ahead of him. And I would always joke with him and like, I ah, got you, yes. dude, can't lose to you. <laughs> and I lost him plenty of times, but we were in the final group together in Peru. So it was pretty easy for me. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to beat Will. And fortunately I beat everybody else too. Yeah. And then this year, the final group in Springfield, I was one behind Grant Hirschman, who's a great friend of mine he's a he's smaller in stature so I pretty much just treated him like my little brother Alex and he's like if it's really dark times or I can't like get anything going I just imagine that my brother's beating me and then everything (laughs) turns around (laughs) so it. it was pretty easy for me both times like Springfield was kind of a breeze I was like well I'm just gonna pretend like Hirsch is my brother Alex I'm just gonna beat him and again fortunately like I got so far ahead of everybody else. I beat everybody else too.
0: It's, it's bizarre. It's like I, f- no, I it's, find myself just, wanting to like, like stoke conflict with them. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. dude, yeah. did you see how that guy walked by you? Of course. Like, it's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> we've and then- there was a few things that went on when you were there, and we, we we've got a couple stories of some that aren't maybe our favorite. Then it's just like, and they're not bad people, but they're just they poke bear. They just and not in any way like no one's ever done anything mean or anything like that to me, but like. I really cannot lose to him.
0: Yeah. Something wow. that you can use. I think that Cameron in your wisdom, you can maybe talk me off of this because I don't know that that's the best way for everyone mm-hmm. to, to be, but if someone's listening to this, that says, okay, cool. I am going to pay attention to that stuff. Right. And I am going to use that as fuel. I, I guess, is it such a personal thing that it's, I think it's less the
1: attention I pay to it. It's just more like I do it right. Like you, you, Not always, but I want to win my group Thursday, Friday. And then you do it. And even if you're in 30th, you had some small success. Like, And then I want to have a good weekend and I want to catch him, him, and him on the leaderboard. And you do it. It's like, it's just little, it's like little mini goals almost in a way. And it's obviously a little, but I don't really think, of, I mean, sometimes I think, depending on who it is or who I'm playing with, sometimes I'm really thinking about it. And then it's just like, but it's just a way to focus me. It's just like, I... I'm playing with this guy. I can't lose.
2: Yeah, there's good logic behind it. There's good logic behind what you might term shrinking the change, which is the logic that you just described. There's many goals. If I win my group, then I know I'm at least ahead of two people or three people. If I improve my position on Friday to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday, I know I'm uh, making cuts and earning larger checks than I otherwise would. But the instinct, the will to win that you summon through, I guess, your history of experience, summoning the times with your brother or the times with Will or the times with any other player, I think that's fantastic. And I think it should be embraced. Yeah. We pulled up I would, a few times I pulled up
1: a photo of Enlo before I teed off last year. <laughs>
2: Seriously.
1: That was, I mean, he's a great friend. So that was more of yeah. borderline joke. But Corey sent me a photo of Jason at one point and I would just, I vividly remember pulling it up like, all right, I'm three down to Enlo now that just, now that just gets my full attention. Yeah. Like it's, and you shouldn't ever... Be three down. I mean, Jason's a great player. I'm, I'm sure we'll yeah, play a match. He won a nationwide tour. I'm sure we'll play a match, and he'll beat me again here shortly. But I probably shouldn't be three down through five to anybody. It happens, but but it's the response from there that really like that gets me excited. Like that's I love when you like you just get a guy that's walking around like he's going to beat you. you. A question?
0: No, I have a I have a thought that I just yeah. want
1: to. I just wanted to pivot, but go
0: ahead. Well, we can pivot based on this. Like, I think that it comes down to, because I'm trying to find a way to make this something actionable for someone else. Well, we've got three commandments out there that are gold, Harry,
2: but I think are gold as well.
0: Yeah. But I think that it comes back to, we took a really hard look at when you play your best golf. Yeah. And so out of that conversation came, you play your best golf when you're have this kind of mindset. And so we did everything we could to manufacture that. And so that's what the actionable is to manufacture it is to understand what that is.
2: So let's take a quick break in the action to recognize one of our partners, Under Armour. It's Under Armour's mission to make all athletes better through passion, design, and the relentless pursuit of innovation. And that ethos or mission statement couldn't be more aligned with the Earn Your Edge podcast. We're thankful to be powered by Under Armour. What competitive advantages from a skill side did you have this year that allowed you to be successful? What did you do really well, physically, on the golf course? I'm talking yeah. about
1: uh, approach play. Drove the ball in the fairway and hit it, hit it where I should almost every single time on approach.
2: What do you think needs to happen next year?
1: Yeah, I mean the same things. I got. I know that probably sounds super arrogant, but last year, the stats that I had last year, we said, all right, if we sustain this and improve little bits here and there, like. Less on the numbers making jumps, but maybe in creativity or the ability to do this or do that, this shot, this shot. And I did it and it fit. And I, I have a sneaking suspicion that if I sustain the same numbers and do the same things, it's going to fit again. It's it's going to be good enough to compete at this next level as well. Mm-hmm. There's always little things to fine tune and refine, but it, nothing big. And, and I love that. I am in a position now where I can be stubborn. Like I, I really enjoy that. I understand my my stuff really well now, and I know that...
2: That's the stubbornness you're talking about yeah. because I understand yeah. me a whole lot better than I did one year ago or two years ago or three Absolutely. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Not stubborn in like I'm always... I love I love the sessions we have and a
1: lot of the talking, and the, there's always something new or new bits of information, new things we're trying to try to you, You're open do. to ideas, but, oh, you, yeah, but yeah. your filter is but that I'm, much more refined. Yes, I, I know when things... I was just, uh, I'm not going to be able to do that late on Sunday, so... Maybe not. I mean, we usually don't scrap it, but maybe let's try to build that over, you know, three, four, five, yeah, three, four, five months down the road. So that's, yeah, I'm late on Sunday and I'm actually pulling it off. Like that's, that's when everything is just, it's not easy, but everything's heightened. You're just super confident. And then we found this year, I called him and I was like, dude, I'm I'm getting in positions on Sunday where I really, really feel like I am the best on this property and that I am going to win. And sometimes it's from around the lead or even three or four back with nine holes to go. I feel like I'm going to birdie every hole and I'm going to win by four. And I don't do that. Some part of it was because of the situation. Maybe I had too much room or, or, you know, you, you missed a couple putts, pots or you got a bad number and you weren't, you weren't comfortable scoring with that. So you hit it to the fat side. Yeah. Golf happens. Yeah. But the one in Colorado, I felt like I should have won in Colorado and I called him. I was like, Or And then in Omaha, I didn't have a chance to win because I didn't have a good Thursday, Friday, but got into like eighth and I was in the middle of the fairway on 16 and all I needed was like a top 20 to secure my tour card. Mm -hmm. And I hit it in the water and then I made a bad decision on the next hole and then I hit it close and missed the putt and then I hit it over the green and made double. I played the last four four over to go from eighth or potentially like a top five finish because they were pretty easy holes Mm -hmm. to 22nd. And then I call him in Springfield. I'm like, God, I feel like I'm Superman. Like, I feel like, and I feel like it's, this isn't a problem. I'm not always coming through in these situations late, but at least when I'm in the situation, I feel like I'm going to do it. So is there a way we can, you know, I was just walking through the grocery store. Is there a way we can attack this where I can still feel like I'm going to beat everyone, but I give myself a better chance to actually beat everyone. Like there are just, yeah. But it, it did, a few correct decisions. me if I'm wrong,
2: happen more middle of the season. Like you caught wind in your sails through the middle of the season with the attitude and also the results. Or was yeah. there something that happened early in the season? I f-
1: well, I finished second in Kansas City. That was seven or eight events in. Mm-hmm. But then part of it was I I had a string of like top 15 to 20, top, top 25s, top 15s. And I felt like I left like... Shots out there, oh, I at least six or eight. Like I might have finished fifteenth and lost by five, and I'm like, wow. Over the course of these four days, there were almost ten shots. Now, I didn't do it, so I didn't win. Yeah. But I was like, wow. That was always like the the optimism piece. Like, dude, I, I I call him or we talk. I'm like, I had nothing all week, and I lost by four. That that and that's that's just a way for me to say it and make myself feel better about myself. You know, all the millennial touchy feely stuff. Like, but it that. I used that. I, when I really felt like I had nothing and I was only lost by five, I was like, well, just wait till over the course of 72 holes. If I have something for 30 holes, that needs to be the default attitude. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's where it always comes to. That's, and I don't, I get irritated when I'm in 50th and I don't have anything I'm like, well, let's go from 50th to 15th and prove that you can do it when you don't have much. Right.
0: Yeah. It's a defining trait. When people ask me anything about Harry and, Without a doubt, it's one of the things that I wish more clients had this attitude is that optimism. There were times early on where you might miss a cut and you'd come back and we'd have our chat and you just, your reaction was always like unwavering. Like it's fine. No big deal. This is why this happened. You would always have a reason why it happened. And you compare that to what a lot of players reaction to missing cuts are. And it's like, well, shit. It's a little bit of panicking i've got to figure out what's going on i've got to find the right answer when harry is always i have my blueprint i have my plan this is why it happened and even manufacturing those reasons sometimes to make sure that yeah. he still had this belief like this unwavering belief and you can hear it in the conversation like right here if if you go back and listen to this conversation through the filter of is harry the most optimistic person you've ever heard in your life and it probably rings true to a lot of the answers that we've had in this conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was there, that, that was not anything that I feel like, While well, I think we've done great work. Sure. Your, your, your optimism is, is a piece that's been there from the jump that I, I wouldn't take credit for, for the work that we had. Yeah.
2: And maybe the question I'm about to ask the answer for it is what Corey just described in, in the context of the, or littered through the entire conversation. But the question I want to ask is leveling up. You're about to level up in onto the most difficult tour or the, the most talented tour in the world. Yeah. You did it successfully moving from Latin America to Corn Ferry. Now you're having to do it from Corn Ferry to the PGA Tour. Was there something that you feel, other than what we've discussed, helped you deal with playing with players, playing on a stage that was – higher in altitude than what you'd ever played in before. Something that will prepare me or has prepared me more. Yeah. Like like I'm, I'm always intrigued about those that play on a, as we might perceive, a bigger stage, a higher stage against players they've seen play and have success at that next level, whatever that next level may be for you. And also the listener at how for some it's easy. And for some, it, it seems like an insurmountable slope. Yeah. I mean, it seemed easy for you. I'm not trying to say that it is yeah, easy. It's, it's not, but yeah. Whew. I mean, it's kind of,
1: kind of is more always the stuff, more of the stuff we talked about. But like, you know, I see I see Bryson. He was a college teammate of mine. I mean, that's somebody that I've beat way less than he's beaten me. But I've beaten Bryson before. I've, you know, I played a junior event or an amateur event with Brooks Kepka and we played together in the same group. And this was 12 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And I beat him like he's obviously <laughs> the best in the world and he's a lot better than he was then, but so am I. And it goes back to the same thing. Like I, I always saw my best golf on Sunday or sometimes on Friday when you're kind of scrappy and you refuse to, you're not, I'm not missing this cut. I'm going to, that's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure in that. Like that's, and it doesn't matter where that is really. I mean, that, but the, one of the things that I'm not worried about, but that I'll have to address this year is I think less golf specific stuff and more. There's just more demand on your time. There's more. There's more people around watching. Everything's heightened. Harrison Frazier out here on the range. You know, he said one of the hardest parts was like dealing with the first double bogey you make with a couple hundred thousand people around. Dealing with the you know the first embarrassing shot. You hit a six iron like you know you whiff it. It's low and right, and, and it just scuttles up there like dealing with stuff like that. That's a whole nother thing that I'd never, like you do that in Latin America. There's no one there. You just go up there and get it up and down and Mm -hmm. go to the next hole. No one's watching. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I I mean, I've, I've kind of over the, I think over my career built up, built myself up enough in a way that I'm ready for this now. Like, and I revel in the opportunity, like the amount of all Americans that I can beat now next (laughs) year. is (laughs) It's, Unbelievable, like, and I, I told Corey even, even today, like they do a list of the fifty graduates, the twenty five, and then the, the next twenty five, and like rookies to watch out for. And I haven't seen my name on any one of the lists, and that's like that's just oddity in me. I'm not, and I don't pretend to be arrogant enough where oh, I should be on everybody's list. But and I'm sorry if it does sound that way, but it's just like I I just enjoy that. That's I just like I, I hope I'm in the final group. With someone late on Sunday that's like, you know, has done awesome. Because that's just an opportunity for me to do my stuff at one of the most heightened levels. Like if if I'm playing with Tiger late on a Sunday and I can still rehearse and see and do all this stuff I do and still feel the same things that I feel. Like, I <laughs> heck, I might shoot 78 and finish 60th. But if I did my stuff, we come back here and it's like, Corey, we don't have to change a thing, dude. I'll just... Like I probably have to choose better shots because clearly you didn't do something right if you shot that far over par, but sure. it's like I felt exactly what I want to feel. I felt before every shot, I felt like I was going to hit a good one. It's cool. I'm not worried about it. You know, it's, it's just an, it's just an opportunity in a way that, man, I, and you can kind of like, I, I, I really liked it. And they were, you know, partly because everybody at the level that I just played at is we're kind of almost invested in everybody's game in a way. And I'm not saying that's not the case at the next level, but everybody has their own, it's almost businesses, you know, and and it's it's my business, everybody's business. But there were a few guys that I played with that I've maybe played with three or four years ago or that have seen me play and, and they just, at the end of a round, they're like, wow, man, or even caddies like that have seen me. It's like, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Like you are infinitely better than you were before. And that, that means a lot. That's nice to hear. And it's, but it's not, it's not the end of it. Like, I got to be careful that I don't just because there was a reason why I got to... There's a reason why these people said these things. Like I just was always on a kind of self-discovery mission. What do I need to do? What do I do when I play well? How do I do that more often? And then how do I get out of my own way when those everything's going great? Like just go make objective decisions and just beat people. So I think it's... I think if I keep doing the same things and then view everything as just an odd opportunity to yeah. Yeah. just keep... And there might, you know, articles be written and people say things, you know, talking heads start talking about Harry Higgs and what he does well and all this stuff. I don't think that I would be surprised if anything anybody said is actually what I feel because it's just like the first time I get paired with Tiger, if it's We're both around the cut on Friday, and I shoot seventy two, and he shoots seventy three. Like I'm gonna be pumped. It's just like you know, like I've and we both fallen forty spots on the on the deal. Like still pumped. Man, I just beat Tiger Woods. Like I love your framing. Yeah, like there's just there's always something to be that's good about it. I think if I remain optimistic and then stick to my things and keep hitting in the center of the face a little bit more often, I just it is super hard, but I just don't. I just view it as an opportunity for me to just test myself against the best, you know, really the best courses, the hardest shots.
0: I think that you wrapped it up there pretty good with knowing the things that that you, you need to do, identifying what it is about your best golf, and then doing your best to duplicate that obviously more often, and then do that with some optimism. The question that I have to wrap it up is what things, because we, when we talked last year, you just got done with Latin America. Uh-huh. Yeah. The facilities at the Latin America events were, I mean, was, a lot of times it was a little rough, right? Yeah, it, so a lot of times you,
1: you're teeing up every shot you hit on the ring. Yeah,
0: the web.com is obviously a massive, our corn Ferry tour is obviously a massive step up from that. Um, yeah,
1: those ones yeah. on every.
0: But now we have the next step. And so I'm curious. There are going to be an amount of perks and amenities that you haven't had access to previous. I'm just curious which of yeah. those you're anticipating the most. Which you look forward to experiencing the most?
1: Yeah, Corey gave me a heads up on this, and I still don't have. Okay. I think I get to. Don't I get? Like, can I use the golf ball that I use? Yeah, the TaylorMade. The they they have the range ball. ball?
0: Yeah, exact same ball.
1: That's obviously. I don't. I I think they're all the same. No, sorry, TaylorMade. <laughs> actually, TaylorMade's ball is great in the wind. It's almost too good in the wind. The player dining, like made to order omelets and stuff a lot of the times.
0: So now to wrap it up, what are the things that you're looking most forward to the perks and amenities? Courtesy cars.
1: I mean, obviously that's everybody's number one versus Latin America when you're sitting in economy on a 12 hour flight to Argentina and then you get out and you need to find the rideshare line with you and your buddy. And then the Uber is the smallest sedan you've ever experienced. And you've got a 45 minute drive
2: outside the city like a 10x increase in you're putting, strange DMs on Instagram. Yeah, you're well, gonna get
1: those. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that I that I don't really care for. <laughs> I mean, I I'll talk a big game like, oh yeah, sweet, but I just that's just I'll just delete them. I mean, or block everyone. I don't. I think the the one thing I, like I kind of always like. Obviously, we did a really good job in Latin America making those things an advantage. I kind of will always almost view myself as somebody that's not worthy of these things, not worthy of hitting my own golf ball on the range. Like I was thrilled when they were titleless balls <laughs> probably ones this year. Like, but still like I kind of just do your work and leave just because of all range balls are great. Don't just exhaust yourself. But I'll always think of myself in a way, not worthy. I'm not, I'm not And I'm not somebody that people should get, That should get my autograph or that deserves to be on television or deserves you know, TV pairings and stuff like that. And I'm sure I'll get some at some point, but I'll always hearken back to, nah, you're not that cool, dude. I'm like, just Harry Higgs from yeah. Kansas. I just want to, and I just want to be me. And I, and I think I've, I've one, I've got a great support system with my family. I mean, I, I get, I don't usually get many phone calls from my dad, but I'll get phone calls from him. And then literally it'll be like, have you <laughs> lately has, have you done your <laughs> expenses for the year? He's on me about that. And I'll, I'll do them, dad. And then it's just like, I get a lot of, you know, people say a lot of nice things about you, how humble you are, how appreciative you are. I don't want to not hear those. I don't want to not hear those. I don't want to not hear those. Like, so obviously I've been super blessed and fortunate in that regard, but I think I, in a way I want to always create an edge. Like, and I don't
0: want to get comfortable yeah, with I, like if, the if bio know, range balls. If I know anything like, yes, about the cars you, be great. you are going to find and manufacture ways to keep that edge. yeah
1: What golf course are you most looking forward to playing? So people have asked this, I... The entirety of a golf course would obviously be Augusta, the masters. I'm more excited about shots that you would hit, you know, like famous shot, historical shots. Give me your top two. Sawgrass 17. I want to see. And then Scottsdale 16. Like I want to, I want to get to 16 at Scottsdale because I know they do research like, and I know that if. And I know they do it on darn near everyone. Again, I don't feel that I'm worthy of somebody doing research on me. I feel like Harry should just play that hole and tap in for his car or his bogey or whatever and just go to the next. Like, you don't need to say anything to Harry. But I want to hear what they have to say. Like, I want to hear what they come up with because I'm sure it's things that I don't know. Can you imagine what they might come up with? I uh, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty – I feel like I could still run for president. In a, in a way like i'm still like i'm <laughs> clean enough where i could run for president so but i'm sure you can un- so they're not going to dig up any
2: skeletons there's no skeletons no, in your closet no, no. i hope my mom and dad aren't aren't
1: able to get in the
2: hospitality areas on that hole yeah so you have to win the crowd what are you going to give away on 16 at sawgrass to win the crowd
0: <sighs> is it still are we still near like super bowl time
2: Oh yeah. 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 So it's usually the it's, it finishes the Sunday you before. You can wear
0: your Eagles jersey.
2: Yeah. And I'll and have my Carson Wentz
1: yeah, socks exactly. on. That's <laughs> what I'll probably do is I'll probably buy more Wentz socks and hand out Wentz socks. <laughs> so got
0: to hope or sunglasses. Because right? I bet they oh, yeah, might sunglasses. make fun
1: of me for wearing sunglasses. Because if I get there and it's cloudy, I'll still have my sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. So that that could be a that could be a hot button thing that they're making fun of me and then I just I'll just hand you sunglasses. Can you can't hand out? They don't want to do money anymore, right?
2: I don't know because
1: guys were like, "If rapping. I'm in the crowd, you can hand me money." I don't yeah. care. Well, guys were wrapping like five dollar bills around golf balls to buy a beer. Oh
2: yeah, win the and crowd over. I think over, the yeah. tour mm-hmm. did a yeah, no, yeah no that. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who who are you most looking forward to talking with and hopefully learning from? This is not someone on the list. <laughs> this is well, someone that's someone that might turn out <laughs> to be on the list.
0: <sighs> See, again, it's hard to it's hard to answer that because I just.
1: It's going to almost baffle me in a way that like, let's say Jordan, like I could just walk up to Jordan and ask him anything mm-hmm. and Jordan obviously will answer it. But, or let's say you walk up to Dustin Johnson and be like, Hey man, what do you think about? I don't know. I, how, how do you, how are you going to play that hole? We're like, we're not going to play that hole the same way. I mean, <laughs> I I'm probably going to hit a four iron and then a there six are other iron. lot of
2: things you can ask him.
1: Yeah. I, I would... <sighs>
2: About the multiple houses or the yeah. jet or the... How
1: do I... Yeah, aspirationally, see, not,
2: you can have those conversations. I'm not worried
1: about those things. Aspirationally, yet. you can have those yes. conversations, though. I don't think I need to get too far ahead. I think I would go to guys that... Oh, man, I wish I had a name that I could... I would go to guys that I like. I find that our games are similar and I... Mm-hmm. But and also our paths, like uh, Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth didn't, didn't go the same route that I went. You know, they, they were All-Americans, and in in so that, so they're on the list. Yeah. No, nah, they're not on the list. But in <laughs> that, they earn they earn sponsor exemptions yeah. and they breeze through. And Dustin Johnson's won every year he's played, and Jordan's won three majors. Like that's something I'm always wanting to get to, and I almost feel that if I ask them now, it like gives me too much information in terms of how how <laughs> there's not there's not such thing as too much information because I've said that before, but like I've, I want to I want to do that. Not my own way, because you you need everybody's. Everybody needs you. But I want to get there doing my stuff. Like I think my stuff's good enough. Harry
2: mode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Love it.
1: But I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll ask plenty of people. Yeah. There's been plenty of people that have reached out and whatever you need. I need to I need to know where to eat and where to stay. And then I'm sure I'll realize like and the course record. Yeah. And if but if I can't figure out a golf course on my own with Mike, my caddy, by Wednesday, I'm in the wrong line of work. Like there will be tidbits that. Like an Augusta National, obviously, or other golf courses too. There will be tidbits that maybe I don't pick up on, but usually I I like hit it long right and that's not the play, but I thought it was the play and I'm pissed off walking up there and then I usually just, it's a tough pitch and I just usually pull it off and go to the, like it, just because I had a thought about it and I thought it was right, but it was wrong. Normally I just hit a decent pitch and tap it in and now I really know forever that a long right's not good on that
0: hole. Harry, right here. Harry, we We're <laughs> ah, right yeah. Okay, so everyone that's going to listen is going to cheer hard for Harry.
1: I hope so. I hope it didn't sound. I don't mean to be arrogant. Well, I, the,
0: well, but, but but hold on. Like, it, it is an important disclaimer here is that I'm setting you up, and I'm all I'm hoping out of this conversation is that the listener hears the kind of optimism and confidence and belief that you have. So, because it is the one thing that I feel like really separates you among, I just wish that everybody that I coach had that kind of belief. And so I'm kind of, I'm pushing you towards those conversations or or those points and concepts that I want to bring out from this conversation. So hopefully everybody gets that out of it. Can we send someone to follow you somewhere? Instagram. You, you are, I think it's, you've gotten yeah. more Instagram. You've gotten more active on Instagram. Yeah. A little
1: bit. Yeah. I did. I was told to tweet or Instagram something after I got my card about the FedEx cup already. Oh, but before <laughs> I was done with the corn Ferry tour finals. Okay. Hmm. And I didn't do it.
0: Okay, so. you need to get on Sorry, PJ yeah. Tour. <laughs> you need to get on It that. was a hashtag
1: FedExCup.
0: Yeah, the orientation is next week, so I'm yeah. sure they'll cover this yeah, I'm on I'm sure Saturday. I'll have to tweet something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like
1: my sport management classes. I had to, at SMU, I had to tweet something yeah. sports-related five times a day, like... I'm See, all it's tweeted all, it's, out. A, it's all paying I'm off. I'm all tweeted out. It's
0: all paying off. That SMU education. But no
1: it's Harry Higgs, 1991. On I think it's both of them. Yeah. I think I made it so that they're both the same to make it easy.
0: Okay. I well, hope that well, you start people. up uh, in two weeks, right? Greenbrier in two weeks or in no, no week a weeks. A yeah, tw- yeah, yeah, nine
1: days, yeah, yeah. nine
0: days. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody's gonna cheer for you. Go get them, Harry. Thanks for yep. being here.
1: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge.